You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning. I'm Father Brian Christensen. I'm Karen Gibis. We're Real Presence Live from Rapid City, South Dakota. I hope you are having a blessed Friday. And thanks for listening uh, to all of you out there, uh, wherever you may be. We just finished a really um, engaging uh, interview with uh, Michael Pauley, the director of South Dakota Catholic Conference, uh, taking on his new responsibilities this week. And uh, they're certainly very exciting um, to be able to engage in the public square um, with our legislators, with public policymakers, to do educational pieces on so much uh, of our important um, I think worldview, right? Bringing right. our worldview, our Catholic culture um, into play in these halls of power and these places of influence. Well, and I think it's great that they're representing the true, what it means to be a Catholic. Not what somebody thinks it is, but what it really is to be a Catholic and why we stand up for life and why we defend the family. You know, it's really interesting, you know, uh, in, in, in local government, state government, national government, um, we're always excited to see Catholics get into power. Right, that they'll bring Catholic faith, but that's not always that's true. That's not always true. It's always true. You know, we really need to be informed um, as leaders in our community uh, with our Catholic faith, to be faithful to that. Because really, I mean, if we're sincere, if we're sincere about our Catholic faith, right, and the men and women that are, are leaders of corporations, leaders in education, and leaders in healthcare, leaders in politics and uh, whatnot, then, then they're going to bring goodness, right, the goodness of the gospel, Right? And that truth, um, as Jesus says, that sets us free, needs to be played out, not apologized for, not, right. not to be, we can't shrink from it. Not you know? hidden. Not hidden. Not I can do one thing in my private mm-hmm. life on Sunday and another thing on Monday. You know, there's the old story that the priest at, uh, was <laughs> celebrating a funeral for Patty. And uh, he got up there for the sermon at Patty's funeral. He says, Patty should go to heaven for the things he did on Sunday. But we'll probably go to hell for the things he did on Monday. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got to be integrated in our, yeah. in our faith and, uh, and joyful about, like, you know, the truth that sets us free, the truth that's beautiful, as uh, St. John Paul II said, the splendor of truth shines forth, right? I mean, if we live that truth and, and, and let that, the beauty and the goodness of the truth shine forth, then that, that comes also to some of our attitudes, Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, people are angry and mad. Right? Right. So, and there's a place, I think, for anger. You know, like, I'm upset that this is happening in my community. I'm upset that this is happening in my family. I'm upset that this is happening in the world or my nation. Right? But to just complain. Right. This is not a Christian response. This no. is not a Catholic response. That we, we have areas of influence. Now, I may not be able to walk into the president's office or testify in Congress, you know, but certainly I can pray, and, and that's a real thing. I think we cannot discount the power of prayer. Uh, many of us say, well, I'll, I'll just pray. No, prayer is real and effective that we talk and speak to God. We may, may not always see the immediate results of that prayer, but also here in my immediate community, if I'm angry about the situations in the world and the breakdown of relationships or whatever it might be. But, and then I'm angry in my home mm-hmm. and I treat my spouse or my children or my parents or my friends or my coworkers with that same kind of anger and frustration. Is this building up the kingdom? 
No. Right? I mean, so I, I think we, can, we have to be really, really attentive to our own attitudes and what we can influence. Right? You have influence. A little. Come on. I mean, hopefully we realize we have little or no control. I mean, right. we, you know, we have a little control over ourselves. Right, right. Uh, we're kind of mysteries to ourselves. But we do have a lot of influence in the relationships that we have and, and how we do that. And you've been doing that with your husband for your kids for years now, right. I'm guessing. Right, right. And even in the, when you step into the idea of deciding, um, I'm going to live my Catholic faith in every aspect whether that is when I am serving on the school board or whether that's when I am maybe mentoring someone in the case that we homeschool. So then maybe I'm mentoring someone who isn't necessarily living out any faith, but to just to show them. I'm not, I'm not just going to show you the history book. I'm going to show you my whole curriculum, and I'm going to show you that Jesus Christ is present in every moment of my curriculum. From science to history, yeah, there's a lot of religion in there over here, but even the idea of math, there is God in math, and I'm not going to hide that. Mm -hmm. You know, every aspect is is living your faith to the fullness that Christ has asked. Yeah, and and, you know, it's hard. I know we were talking in the last segment uh, with Michael Pauly just about um, how some of us, you know, are, are reticent because of the positions that we're in. I'm a public school mm-hmm. teacher i'm in a mm-hmm. public uh, health clinic or or in a hospital setting a or pharmacist a pharmacist for example that That's are put h- in really right challenging challenging circumstances and how do we bear witness to the gospel in this and how do we bring goodness into these areas um so and there's many you? many 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 opportunities many opportunities but you know people say oh, i'm afraid to mention yeah. or pray to f- pray with somebody or i pray to talk to them about my faith and um I, I just think that, you know, um, I'm not there, right? I'm not on the front lines. That's the one thing about being a priest. Everyone's like, oh, you're fighting the good fight. I said, well, I get to fight the fight really in a way behind the lines, right? My my parishioners are the ones on the front lines every day. They come every day. Every Sunday is like a retreat day, right? Yeah. We retreat to headquarters, right? <laughs> new orders, the, marching orders. We get orders. new orders. Like we get the gospel. We get the scriptures yep. that encourage us, that console us that heal us that right. renew us right so the, the the living word of god is living and effective and 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 we're getting that message from the lord i mean hopefully the homily builds on that right encourages us strengthens us challenges us to live our faith and, and then we're nourished with the eucharist right lord feeds us he takes us to himself he lives within us and then he sends us out so i every sunday i kind of do this let's retreat back to headquarters but you know what we're pushing you back out Monday morning into a world um, that's generally um, indifferent or hostile to the message that we bear in Christ. And so how do we do that? You know, uh, we're on mission wherever you go. I think in our families, we're on mission. Uh-huh. Um, in our workplace, we're on mission. Um, down at the local grocery store uh-huh. and box store, we're on mission. When I'm, uh, wherever I am, I'm bringing, I'm bearing, I'm in mission. So I'm wearing a t-shirt today that says, the dogma lives loudly within me, okay? I wore this to Sam's Club probably about a month ago. And I I have to say, I I proudly wore it, right? Because it does. It does live loudly within me. And I was honestly prepared to be attacked because that's just the culture we live in right now. The society is just hostile, like you said. Either that or indifferent, and then I wasn't going to get any comments. But I actually had someone walk up to me and say, I like your shirt. Thank you for wearing that. And I about fell on the floor because I have 
I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> Somebody is complimenting my shirt. I expected to be attacked. But that little confidence booster that this was the right choice, that living out the gospel and, and proudly wearing a shirt that proclaims that I know where I am in my faith. Mm-hmm. And to have that affirmed, oh, that did just such a beautiful thing. That Well, you know, and what does it do to the people that see that? Yeah. They're encouraged too. Right. right? You, and you had one person say something, but how many people actually read it and were also encouraged? Right. And some people were disturbed, I'm some, sure, right? and, and, and frustrated, whatever, but... I mean, living it out in simple ways. It's, it was a ways. subtle way to I do it. I always get a kick, you know, I'm driving through, uh, you know, Rapid City or wherever, and uh, um, I, I'm always encouraged when I see those rosaries hanging from the, you know, and I hope I don't cut them off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that one of my parishioners? Uh, uh, but yeah, it's just like this, just simple outward display, mm-hmm. um, or people have the real presence radio bumper stickers yep. those are uh, the tags on the back of their cars and um or some other pro life thing or you know it just these simple ways i mean they're um they're not very they're, dramatic no. um it's not you know but it's a small martyrdom right that small it martyrdom is. of i'm willing to stand out and be known as a catholic and i'm going to conduct myself uh in that way, in that way. One of the things that my kids talk about quite often is how God calls us to be a martyr and how he is even more, he calls us every day to white martyrdom. But in this society, in the way that our world is, it is a true reality to become a red martyr. And to prepare for that is either one, either martyrdom that you have to, you have to put yourself in the in the point in your heart where you've accepted that, that you're willing to be confronted and yet defend your faith. Well, I think to that point, your heart right, has to be centered in Christ. Right. It has like, to be out that the relationship, right focus. Yeah, that relationship with Christ has to be so strong that I know that no matter what, right, nothing is going to get in the way mm-hmm. of that relationship with Christ. No, no embarrassing situation, no confrontation. You know, no. and you know, that happens, you know, I say our families are missionary activities. Um, I know people that go and visit relatives, uh, go uh, visit even their own children, um, you know, for a vacation or for a weekend and a get together or whatnot. Um, and they're embarrassed to say, Hey, what time are we going to go to Mass? Or I, I would like to go to Mass. What, what, what's most convenient here? And they may miss Mass because of this. And I always say, don't your children know that you're, you go to Mass every Sunday? Don't they know that? Didn't they grow up in your house going yeah. to Mass with you? Yeah. I know, but I just didn't want to put them out. So you let them put you, you out. out from your relationship with the, mm-hmm. the Lord. You know, And so this happens. And who hasn't been in the experience right. of sitting with friends? More family members, and um, should we pray or not pray at, at dinner tonight, or in a restaurant? Should we pray right. or not pray? We we have this interior fear of offending somebody, but no fear of offending God. It's backwards. Yeah, and, and it's true. It's real. Like I mean, I've been there myself. Like, right, we've oh all been my there. Oh my gosh, should I pray? Should we make the sign of the cross? Um, but yeah, no. What are we doing then? We're allowing the culture. To influence, yeah, the that. negative part mm-hmm. of culture, and not the good of our our relationship with the Lord, to influence those relationships. And, and you know, I think most of our listeners can identify with this, right? So that makes it all the more important to go back to headquarters on Sunday 
to get your marching orders yeah, and, then and to be we, fed. Yeah, and when we trip and fall, we're ready to race to the box, as they say, <laughs> to go to the to go to the confessional. And, you know, there's God's mercy. I mean, he yeah. does want to pick us up. He wants to take us in um, and, uh, and, and strengthen us, forgive us, and renew us in our baptismal graces. Yeah, he, he longs for us. He longs for us. As Jesus says, I thirst. Yep. I thirst. You know, Mother, Mother Teresa, St. Mother Teresa is so uh, great about, you know, <laughs> echoing that desire that Jesus has for us. For us. For us yep. and our salvation. Yep. So we're talking here today, the hosts. I'm Father Brian Christensen. I'm Karen Gibbs. This is Real Presence Live from Rapid City, South Dakota. And uh, we'll be back after the break for a little more banter on uh, this uh mission that we live every day in our daily lives as Christian men and women, as Catholics, um, beloved sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father. We'll see you after the break. Come on back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Gibas. I'm joined by Father Brian Christensen. We are live at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Rapid City, South Dakota. Father went to get coffee, and he's not back yet. That's what happens, I think, when when one runs out of fuel. 
So you'll have to listen to me, but right now I would like to remind you that you can listen to any of our segments here on Real Presence Live Monday through Friday on podcasting. Any one of your podcasting platforms, you can find Real Presence Radio Network, you can look up Real Presence Live episodes, and then you can find anything you'd like to share with another uh, listener. Maybe you would like to share the uh, interview we just did with Michael Polly, and then we can... Um, I don't know, try to encourage more people to support the family and support the, the defense of life here in our South Dakota borders. Father, are you back? I'm back. How's your coffee? My coffee is hot and black and just beautiful, just like God made it. <laughs> just like just God like made, made it. Just you, like God intended it. I was going to say. It doesn't just need as- all that stuff in it. Do you know, I, you know, I mentioned uh, that I grew up in New York on Long Island, and if you went into a deli in New York and you asked for a regular coffee, what would you think you were going to get? Uh, right? I just want regular coffee. I would think black. Black. You know, you don't get it. It's, it's cream and sugar. Ah, so you have to request it black? You have to request it black, because regular coffee is cream and one, one cream, one sugar, right? And if you want it um, um, black and sweet, right? It's a uh, black and sugar. Oh. I want it light and sweet. It's with a little extra cream and, and a little extra sugar. So they got all a little lingo back there in New York. Huh. It's part of the culture. Part of the culture. Part of the culture back there. So we've been uh, having a discussion a little bit about culture and mission in, uh, in the society. And uh, um, we just got uh, uh, our next guest came on early here. Should we bring him on? Uh, yeah, I think we can bring him on. We have Jim Kenyon from Catholic Social Services here in Rapid City. Uh, welcome to the show, Jim. Yeah, good to be here. Good morning to everyone on Real Presence. Right yeah, now. we have... Uh, We've had a great conversation. We just had uh, Michael Pauly on the last uh, half hour and visiting about the South Dakota Catholic Conference. This is his fifth day on the job after taking uh, the <laughs> reins uh, after Chris Motes had uh, done such a wonderful job really establishing. Um, but we're getting into the conversation a little bit about culture. And uh, before we get into your official segment, um, we're just talking about, you know, that in everyday life, we're on mission. You know, we're on mission in our families, we're on mission in our workplace, in our schools, in our community, wherever we go, that we're bearers of the gospel. And, uh, and sometimes it seems like a daunting task out there. Um, and I'm just, just curious, you know, just kind of thinking about the culture that we live in now and the challenges that we face. Um, you know, uh, what are some of the things that, it's just like the challenges that you as a, as, a, as a husband, as a father here in the world today that you face in the culture? Yeah, you know, the first thing I would just say is, you know, incredibly enriched. I mean, I happen to live literally right across the street from Cathedral here, and I just walked over. The culture that I live in is fully engaged largely in the active practice of their faith. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. So I came back after Mass. Father Brian did a great Mass and went home, and around my table are sitting three deacons, all three of who will be ordained very shortly, and my son, who's still sort of discerning, figuring his way through there, and my daughter, who just came back from Pier, where she was doing totus tuus, and my my other daughter, who's just finished her nursing degree, and her boyfriend, who are completely immersed and in love with our Lord. And, and that's the that's the tank I swim in. Yeah. That's the tank that I swim in. And then I see that in contrast, oftentimes, to what I see in my office as an outpatient mental health therapist. And it, it, and it just screams out to me with such incredible clarity that, you know, if we're talking about healing the culture, which I know um, um, is, is a part of 
um, the poly movement. I mean, the, Camille is involved in that. You know, it just makes it so vividly apparent to me how the people of our state, of our communities, of our of our reservations, and our rural communities, um, the rich depth that what the church has to teach them about marriage and family life, mm. and the very purpose for which they're called to into, into existence. Um, you know, I can't help but just be overwhelmed with gratitude in terms of what I see happening in, in so many areas. But when you see the contrast to that, um, when you see young people who are seriously suicidal, who have wondering what their meaning purpose in life is, who struggle deeply with identity questions, who don't have family systems or, or aren't engaged, you know, and right now we have so many what we call nuns, those young people who are not involved with any kind of institutional practice of faith. And you just, you, I just look at that and I go to myself, you know, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Right, right. I mean, you know, looking at your family, just as you describe your morning, right? There's a beautiful breakfast around the table before everyone goes off to work. I mean, um, deacons at your table, your son discerning the priesthood, your daughter just graduated from college and passing her nursing boards and her uh, boyfriend uh, just talking about faith being joyful. I, so that didn't happen overnight. I mean, like, if parents are wondering, what did Jim Kenyon and his wife, Lisa, what did they do? Like, how did you live your life in such a way that you can have a breakfast like today? You know, and to be really honest with you, I mean, the funny part of that is you have been in, my, in our life for many, many years. And one of the early conversations I had with Father Brian when he was first ordained, and we were off going pheasant hunting, and I was just trying to get this New Yorker to understand what it's like <laughs> to shoot birds, you know? <laughs> There's a whole second story to that. But <laughs> but the question I asked you was something that's just resonated in my heart for a long time. It was, you know, Father Brian, what if my children are not gifted with the gift of faith? What if they don't see who Christ is beyond that Eucharist? And 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 that was a great worry for me as a young dad, just trying to figure out where I was headed and how to how to live this life. And when you kind of said you, you said something to me that just really resonated that I've, I've relied on throughout my 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 job as a husband and, and father and that was you know Jim as deeply as you desire that Christ desires that for them even more so it began to be not about a confidence about what Lisa and I could do because there's been the good the bad and the ugly in that to quote kind of what you talked a little bit about at mass this morning you know there's been times where we've been on it and times when we haven't been. But God has reached out, just as this beautiful picture of the creation of Adam is right behind me, and reached out and touched my children and myself in ways that I could have never imagined and enriched my life in ways that I, in humility, step back with tremendous gratitude. Mm -hmm. um, that power of creation is still unfolding in our life, and we have to believe that he desires that for all of our people in all of our communities throughout the Midwest. And Real Presence does a great job of helping us promote that. Yeah, we're speaking here. There's a little uh, host banter, but we got a little extra, <laughs> you know, fire in our conversation. I promise you a fiery show, right? You it's, did. Gonna, it was going to get hot. Up. It's going to get heated up in here. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so we're talking with Jim Kenyon, Director for Catholic Social Services, and myself, Father Brian Christensen. Karen Gibis. And we're having a great conversation here just about the, 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 the life that we live as Christian men and women, as Catholics here in the, in the world today, especially in these areas of our listeners. 
listening area, which are very similar across the Real Presence Radio uh, space uh, to uh, to have. We'd like to think that we have all these down-home values, right? But the world is rapidly changing because of the influences that are that are coming right into our homes, coming right into our uh, our places, our sacred places. I might say, you know, into family life that you know we're 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 challenged to kind of keep them at bay and to kind of promote the healthiness of a life in Christ and life in community, a life a life of faith. Um, you know, Karen, you and uh, your husband are uh, have the same mission, you know, as Jim and Lisa and many of our listeners here. And what what do you see as the challenges that you face and the and the ways that you've been able to address them with your with your children and your and your domestic church? I think one of the greatest challenges is where when media tries to infiltrate and destroy what you've been infusing into them, you take them to church on Sunday, but they turn around and and even in cartoons, they're exposed to so much filth and and you don't know it till it's upon them. You you get on to research something as simple as the, the Spanish War and then all of a sudden they're getting spammed with a bunch of filth all over the place and trying to protect them from that filth. Not necessarily shelter them from the reality of the ugliness of the world, but just sh- just to protect them until they get to the point to con- they can control them themselves or how to address that or how to... Because to, I think that is the one thing that I've seen happen time after time is some families, they, they think, if I shelter my kids from this reality of the ugliness of the world... I mean, I remember being 10 years old and my mom told me what abortion was Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. showed me what abortion was. And I remember being devastated, but so convicted to love the children and to love as Christ loved at that moment. I thank the fact that she did that because if she had sheltered me from it, I wouldn't be as open to life as I am. Yeah. And so those that kind of I think that's the biggest struggle I have is knowing where that fine line is between protecting them and not over-sheltering them and preparing them to defeat the evil within, you know, by, whether that's guarding their eyes, whether that's guarding their tongue, mm-hmm. whether whatever it is. Informing them of the evil, but also equipping them, giving them the tools they need to remain holy. No, definitely. I think, uh, you know, we, I use the term domestic church, right? The, yes. the, the little church of the home. And, uh, um, you know, a, a parish, right, is made up of little parishes, Aww. right? Of places where there's worship. The Kenyan parish. Where there's, the- yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. The Gibis parish. Uh, and there's these little kind of parishes where the life of Christ is is the center, center, right? So we mm-hmm. have we really have do have worships and rites in our family, right? We have our evening prayers and our daily Morning rosaries prayer, and yeah. whatever it might have. We have uh, we have our service to one another and people outside of our our parish mission. Right? Mission. So <laughs> we we have our communal life. We have our life of study and and so like whatever is happening in the larger church is already happening in our home so well we have had some great banter here today karen yeah thanks for jim's uh contribution we're going to come back after the break and uh, get into our segment with the director of catholic social services jim kenyon and talk about the mental health crisis that we're experiencing here in our local area in in our listening area and really in the united states in general so we'll be back with real presence live right after the break (laughs) 
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 